0: Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength of very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake to the swelling thereof. There is a river, the streams... Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations He hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Savior. All right. Becky, if you don't care, on that board back there, it has a wireless mic and it's muted. There'll be an orange light. If you'll just push that button beside that, beside that light, it'll turn this mic on, I think. There we go. We want to go back to verse number one, and sometimes we forget this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We're living in a bad time, a bad day, and heard two, or three different testimonies about what a difficult week it's been. And I don't know how people face it that don't have the Lord. I would be in a world of trouble without Him. We used to sing a song whenever I sung with the girls over at Rankin. He is everything to me. If it wasn't for the Lord, what would I do? He's everything to me. And so this verse ought to be everything to you. God is our refuge. What is a refuge? A refuge is a place where you can go and have peace. A refuge is a place where you can go and be safe from whatever the storm is on the outside. A refuge is a place where you can go and find rest. And I'm glad we've got a refuge. There are times in my life and things that I had to face that if I'd have been left to my own devices would have surely drove me crazy. I would have been at my wits end and not known where else to go, but I ran to my refuge and he took care of me. And some of you faced far harder trials than I could even imagine. And you're here today because you had a refuge. You're here today because you were in the middle, in the palm of God's hand You were here today because the hedge that he set about you, Satan couldn't even enter in. He couldn't get to that. Thank God we got a refuge. We read about the children of Israel. I thought about them today when I thought about this verse and how that they were down in Egypt. Joseph had let them down there, I guess it had. and. But there came a time when there arose a new king that didn't know Joseph, and, there, and he made things hard on the children of Israel. And he looked around, and the children of Israel actually began to outnumber the citizens of Egypt. And he said, let's make their task harder. So rather than supplying them straw to make the bricks that they used to build the pyramids, he had the Israelites gather their own straw to make their own bricks with. <coughs> and the Lord spoke to Moses. You know Moses' story how that he spoke to him through a burning bush, and how that <coughs> the Lord heard the cries of his people You're never too far away that God can't hear your cry. Now here these folks were away from their home, down in another, down in a foreign country, but the Lord heard them when they cried. You may be surrounded all ever which way you look with evil, but God can still hear your cry and be your refuge today. The children of Israel cried out, and God sent them a deliverer named Moses. He went down and talked to Pharaoh with his brother Aaron, and Aaron was his mouthpiece, and he said he told the told Pharaoh that the God of Israel had said to let my people go, that they may go and worship. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Have you run into some folks whose heart have been hardened? Time and the things that they faced and the things they've been through have made them bitter and made them angry and made them resentful and they just don't have a good word to say about anything or anybody. I'm serving a God that can break down a stony heart and he's still my refuge today. All right, so Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and you know about the plagues that God sent. He turned the water into blood. He sent the frogs in up all the people of Egypt. He he sent the lice in up all of the dust, and then he sent the murrain, and the myrrh was was a disease that killed the cattle in Egypt. But while Israel was down there in Egypt, they gathered at a specific place, a lamb. Called Goshen. And while Egypt and all the folks in Egypt. Every Egyptian citizen saw their cattle deceased. Saw their crops killed by hell. Saw their land. Saw their country destroyed. Israel had a refuge. Israel was down there in the land of Goshen. And there was peace down there. While havoc was being wreaked all around them in the land of Egypt. Israel's cattle was saved. Their crops were saved. They didn't lose anything. God was their refuge and God watched over. Now, I'm not going to go all through. Let's let's just go just a little bit farther, will you? We get down to the last plague and we read where that God told Moses and all the children of Israel, now pay particular attention to this, he told them to take the blood of a lamb and to put it over the doorpost and to take the lamb and, and to not, to, not to eat it raw or sod with water but roast it with fire. That's still how. <laughs> We have to take the land today. It can't be watered down. I can't tell you how good you are and you slip right on into heaven. It can't be raw. It does me absolutely no good to tell you how sorry you are and expect you to get out of repent because I cast judgment on you. You can't beat people to death and get them cut over. you can't tell them how good they are and get them into heaven. It has to be roasted. With the fire of the Holy Ghost. And they took the blood and put it over the doorpost. And when the angel of death passed by and he saw the blood, he passed right over. Me? Why? Because Israel had a refuge. Now, contrast that with what Pharaoh's house is doing. Can't you hear the cries coming out of Pharaoh's house at the darkest hour of his life when his firstborn took that final breath? I could just see him holding that child in his arms, crying and weeping and screaming and mourning chaos! All of Egypt lost their firstborn. But in Israel, at the same time, at uh, at the darkest of the night, when all of Egypt was in chaos, screaming and crying for sorrow, there was peace down in Goshen because Israel had a refuge. You don't believe me? Let's go on. You know the story? Pharaoh's, Pharaoh in his sorrow gave in, didn't he? He said, take the folks. Take it all, take whatever you want, and go. And then, before they got too far, Pharaoh changed his mind again, didn't he? And he sent 600 chariots and horsemen after those children of Israel, to try to get them to come back, to try to get them to conform, to try to get them to do what he thought they ought to do. But Israel was fleeing to the refuge. I like this song, don't you? On Jordan's stormy banks I stand and cast a wishful eye to where my possessions lie. I'm bound for the promised land. We, we're just on the journey, folks. <laughs> and until we get there, we got a refuge. <clears throat> Pharaoh was going to destroy him. He's going to wipe him out, wouldn't he? Six hundred chariots and six hundred horsemen. What chase did the thousands of children of Israel stand on foot? with their children, their wires, their cattle, you know they had to be moving slow and you'd think that those chariots would just run them over, would just do them in. But what Pharaoh didn't know was Israel had a refuge. There was a pillar of fire by day, a pillar of fire by night, a pillar of cloud by day, so that there was a separation. So that there was a separation between the, the Egyptian folks and the children of Israel. There's a separation. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. Oh, come ye out and be ye separate people. I'm here to tell you today, we may have to work among them. We may have to go to school among them. We may have to shop with them. And you know, it used to be a time of day where people would, would, would boycott places that sell alcohol and go to get their groceries elsewhere or their gas elsewhere. Now you don't have a choice. It's wherever you go. We have to be at those places to get our gas, to get our food, but we don't have to congregate with them. We don't have to purchase that stuff. We can be in the world, but not of the world. There's a separation, there's a divider, and there's a refuge. You don't think there's a refuge? Let's march on down to the Red Sea. (coughs) There's the Red Sea in front of the children of Israel. There's Pharaoh's army behind them. Looks like there's no hope now. Have you been there? I'm sure David... Might have felt that way when Goliath was bailing. Looks like there's just no hope. We're doomed now. Nowhere else to go and Satan's right on our heels. What am I going to do? Why, some of them even caved in, didn't they? They doubted. They told Moses, would to God, that you just left us down there to eat of the flesh pots that was in that was in Egypt, that we could have eaten down there and eat bread and had our fill, we'd have been all right. Why didn't you leave us down there? But God had plans to bring them to the promised land. We've got some folks in this day and age, preacher, you're preaching that Old Testament stuff. Well, let me break bring us right up to 2021, do you? Oh, we've got folks in this day and age that have quit, that have given up, that have given in, that have... That have you got rid of their Christian ways and backslid into this old world of woe and sin. I'm here to tell you that we used to sing a song. I've come too far to turn back down. God's been too good to me. So if trouble is facing me, I'll run to the refuge. You don't think Israel had a refuge? The Lord caused, I believe it was an east wind to blow all night long. And the Red Sea was parted. And the children, listen carefully now. You've all stepped in a mud hole, ain't you? This wasn't a mud hole. Read your Bible. It wasn't a shallow place. It wasn't a creek that separated the waters. It wasn't a mud hole. The King James Version Bible says that God was so powerful, He was such a great refuge that the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea on oh, dry ground. I believe as they walked with one wall of water on this side and one on this side, the Egyptians looked down there and saw a cloud of dust raise up between the walls of water. that's how great God is you don't think they have a refuge well what happened when the chariots and the horsemen made it down there in the middle of the Red Sea Israel made it to the other side hadn't they and the water drowned the 600 chariots and the 600 horsemen God is our refuge and strength the very present help in time of trouble, let's look at some more, will you? I won't be much longer. Do you remember the three Hebrew children? They were in a far, far off land, weren't they? They were captive. As a matter of fact, they were the best and the brightest children, and had the ability in them to stand before the king. Now, I'm just—I'm a dumbest. I'll just lay that out there right now. But there's been a few times, been a few situations I've been in, Marvin, that I've been in the presence of the King when there was no doubt. doubt when the power of God was just so strong, His presence was there. And even sinners had to acknowledge that the Lord was in the best. They wanted the best of the brightest. The children had the ability of them to stand before the King. Remember the Scripture in the New Testament that says, Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many be that go in the head. Right? But straight and narrow is the way, the gate that leadeth to life everlasting, and few there be that go in thereat. You know who's going to be in that number? The few. You know who that's going to be? That's the children. That has the ability in them to stand before the King. Yeah. I'll get to see him one day, and I'll say thank you, thank you for saving a wreck like me. Thank you for being my refuge. So, if you hadn't read the scripture, I hope you go home and read it. It's in Daniel chapter 3, if I'm not mistaken. Nebuchadnezzar had built a statue to himself. He said, if what time you hear the music, you fall down and worship the statue well. But if not, there's not a God that can take you out of my hand." But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't need Nebuchadnezzar. They might have been captives in a strange land. Have you ever looked around and seemed like you were the only Christian in the crew? Have you ever looked around and seemed like you were the only one that wasn't an alcoholic, that wasn't a a dopehead, that wasn't an adulterer? Just everywhere you looked, just totally surrounded by folks that knew nothing of your refuge. <laughs> That's where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were. Yeah, captives. Maybe at your workplace, you know, most of us have to have a job. Most of us have to buy groceries and gas. Most of us have to put a roof over our family's heads and things like that. And it's not always a pleasant situation, is it, that we find ourselves in? Sometimes we're longing and wishing for the one place we could go where we can find peace and that's to go to our refuge. We may feel like we're surrounded and captives just like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego did. But I'm here to tell you today it doesn't matter if you're surrounded. God is still our refuge. And the king said, if you hear the music, what time you hear it, you bow down, well. But if not, who is the God that's going to be able to deliver you out of my hand? And it made him angry because they wouldn't bow. You know there are folks that get angry because we won't bow. They might not want us to hit our knees, but they want us to give up on our refuge. They want us to take the name of the the Lord off our money. They want us to take His name out of the pledge, and how dare us say anything about sin? I'll lean on my refuge; He's come through too many times for me. It made the king angry, and he heated the furnace seven times hotter than it had ever been heated. And they bowed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. bowed down! Captive in a foreign country. Nothing they could do to help themselves. The only hope they had, the only hope we have is our refuge. And they took seven of the mightiest men of Babylon and had them march those men up to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace. I can imagine it might have been very strong men. Muscular, looked like nothing could take those men. And the heat of the furnace alone destroyed seven of the mightiest men of Babylon. But the three that we read that were bound, that were helpless it seemed, that there was no hope for, they cast them off into the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace. Now seven of the mightiest men of Babylon was destroyed by the heat of Lord. What do you think would happen to three little old helpless Hebrew children? What do you think would happen to three little old bound captives in a strange land surrounded on every hand by something that didn't... Uh, let me get this right here. Let's, let's insert this. Do you want to do this? You know why? Refuge showed up when he did because they didn't pollute themselves with a portion of the king's meat. Because they didn't drink the kids' wine. They stayed with a plate of stuff, pulse, and water. I don't care how sophisticated church gets. I don't care how many slideshows we have or what smoke rises up. The best thing, uh, preacher, I'd like to see our church grow. Well, the best thing we can do is stick with a plate of stuff. Let's stick with the power of God. Let's stick with the King James Version Bible Let's stick with telling people about the goodness of God and what He's done in our lives and see if it don't fill the pews. All right. Three little old, bound, helpless children. Strangers in a strange land, cast into the middle of the burning fiery furnace. Furnace heated seven times hotter. so hot that it killed the mightiest men of Babylon. Now I want you to notice something. Something I've always thought about when I preach this or when I read this story. The heat alone killed the mightiest men of Babylon. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's refuge even had mercy and grace for the king. Yeah. How, preacher? If the heat was strong enough to kill the mightiest men of Babylon, explain to me how Nebuchadnezzar could go up and look off in the burning fiery furnace and survive. See, that was the refuge of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That was God showing mercy to Nebuchadnezzar to prove to him that he was real. Nebuchadnezzar looked off in the burning fiery furnace. I remember one time seeing a similar situation many years ago when I was a boy. It's an image you don't ever forget to see someone on fire. Nebuchadnezzar said, Did we not cast three men bound? They said, Yeah. He said, Lo, I see four. And the threes unloose, and the fourth is like to the Son of Man. You know who that was in there with them? That was the refuge. I don't care if you feel like you're next door to hell. God will still be your refuge. He's still got you. Now listen, I've got a boy that lives in North Dakota. I've got one that lives in Alaska. I've got one that lives in Newport. And if they called right now, Roddy, and said, Daddy, I need you. I can't do this alone. You better believe I'd get in a car. I'd get in a plane. I'd do whatever it took to go and be as much help as I could be. But before they called me, my refuge can already be on the scene. He can do things I can't do. Yeah, that's right. Who's your refuge, preacher? There'll be a day when these girls will grow up. They'll get married. They'll have their own families. They won't be sitting right beside of you. When you can't do for them, you just call them your the refuge. Who is your refuge, preacher? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Did you read the rest of what David said? I read you the chapter. Though the mountains be moved, all the terrible things David said could happen. But then down around verse 4 he says this. This is why we have a refuge. Because there is a river. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to read about the river? Mm-hmm. Turn to Revelation chapter 22. Mm-hmm. He showed me a pure river of water of life flowing out of the throne of God. Mm-hmm. I got a drink from the river. Mm-hmm. That's why I have a refuge. God is our Refuge strength a very present hip and i told you a minute ago i've got a boy in north dakota i've got one in alaska north dakota is a 26-hour drive i got in the car and left right now it'd take me 26 hours to get there i have no idea how long it. i believe it took mason about seven days to drive it from arizona so it'd take me probably 14 12 or 14 from here. I, disaster may strike before I could get to either one of those kids. But while I'm struggling to get there, God can already be on the scene. God is our refuge and strength. a very present help in time of trouble. While I would be struggling to get there, he'd already be there. He's a very present help. All you've got to do, he's not to them that are what? Of a broken heart. I've told this before, and I'll be done here in a second. When I was <coughs> probably about Jarrah's age, I went to church with my papa. We'd go to his house after church on Sunday and have Sunday dinner and sing play games, play their cousins, and that was a different time and age. And there's a lot of things back then that we should have hung on to. But he died when I was about 12. And I was brokenhearted, my boy. I hurt so bad and just didn't know what to do. We were over to his house and it was down here at the foot of the hill at Rankin. And his voice spoke to me. I said, why don't you just go up there at the barn and pray? And that ground around there was all slate rock. And I went up on the back side of the barn and knelt down on a big old slate rock and started talking to my refuge. And the trouble that I walked up there with, I left right there. I walked back down with peace in my heart. Because I had been able to get into my refuge. I went in troubled and broken hearted and left with peace knowing where he'd gone and that I'd see him again one day my daddy couldn't do nothing about that he hugged my neck Miss Fred he told me I love you but he couldn't take that hurt away my mama loved me and she, she hated that I was feeling the way I felt but she couldn't do anything about that God could because he was my refuge Amen. and it don't matter I guess is about seven something like that six or seven he'll hear her prayer just as just as just as fast as he'd hear Miss Greg and Miss Greg's probably in her 80's see it don't matter he can be Simon's refuge just like he's Miss Greg's refuge. He can be my refuge. He can be your refuge. Remember, Zacchaeus. We often hear about Zacchaeus and about Jesus passing by. <clears throat> we often overlook the tree, though. Did you know long before Zacchaeus passed by that way, somebody planted a tree? If you study about sycamore trees, they have certain characteristics. Their branches are low, so that you can climb up in the tree. Could have been an oak tree, could have been a pine tree, could have been a white birch, but it was a sycamore tree. And it was planted there for a reason, for a purpose. Its leaves are wide and broad to provide protection. It's a refuge in time of storm, in time of trouble. See, friends, we've got a refuge. We're not out there on our own. We don't have to go through life with trouble. We don't have to go through life with heartache and pain. We've got somebody we can turn to. (laughs) There's a song that they sang, God is my refuge, a strong and mighty tower that I can run to. God is my refuge. Without him, what would I do? My life had already been ruined. My life had already been torn all to pieces had I not had my refuge.